but, <laughs> but we're back. So we're trying something new here, doing four people in the building. So we're just going to go counterclockwise, just introduce yourselves, just say who you are, basically. It's Wyatt here. Yo, Daniel. Got Brandon here. All right. That was, that was smooth right there. It's like we practiced it. So uh, trade deadline just happened. Um, we're just going to go through, just kind of react to some of the deals because going into it, it, I mean, all the news was like, oh, it's going to be a pretty slow deadline. Nothing really big is going to get done. That was a lie. Like the NBA is just all posturing basically. Um, so we'll start with, I think, I think it's safe to say probably the most surprising trade. So the Warriors send uh, D'Angelo Russell to the T-Wolves for Andrew Wiggins. That's like the main thing you need to know. Plus... The uh, T-Wolves also gave the Warriors a top three protected first-round pick and a second-round pick in 2021. So basically, just what are your guys' like initial thoughts on this deal? We can start with you, Wyatt, since you are the only Warriors fan here. Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I'd, I'm surprised to see that this happened because I was convinced that they were going to hold on to D'Lo at least till the offseason. I thought eventually they would get rid of him, but I was surprised to see this go down. Um, Originally, I wasn't totally sure how I felt about it because I'm not sure about Wiggins, but when I really thought about it, I think it's a good trade for the Warriors because Wiggins doesn't really have to play. He doesn't have to be a number one or a number two. He'd be a number three or even a number four. And I think Steph and Clay will kind of rein him in a little bit. He won't have to do too much. And he kind of just has to play that uh, Harrison Barnes role that he played during their championship seasons. So I think it's a good move for the Warriors. They needed a wing, a three really badly, and there's not a lot of great young threes out there and honestly Wiggins is only 24 I know that sounds crazy it feels like he's been in the league forever but he's still young and I think uh I think it's a good move for them as far as the T-Wolves it's a little risky because you don't have a lot of defense now uh with D'Lo out there but I think they're gonna you know bank on the camaraderie between him and Carl Anthony Towns and we'll see how that works out it's kind of hard to predict but uh, I, was, I thought this was a great trade for the Warriors. They, they got rid of Russell, which didn't really fit their system, right? Curry even mentioned it. He was, he was another small guard that shot threes. Um, they get a, a really good win, wing defender when he wants to be. Wiggins is really athletic, and when he's determined to play defense, I think being on a successful team will definitely change his, his uh, mentality towards defense. He's kind of been lacking in previous years just because he's on the Timberwolves, playing in Minnesota. He's not really been motivated. Uh, he's also playing alongside Carl Anthony Towns, who's not really motivated all the times as well. So I feel like this move is going to really motivate Andrew Wiggins to be a better player overall. And like Wyatt was mentioned, him as the third option on offense is pretty scary. Right now he's been the first or second throughout his entire career. Him being number three, possibly even number four, that's pretty scary. And this puts, I think this puts the Warriors right back in the title contention um, next year. And this year, they're obviously, they're going to have tons of injuries. And they're going to have a pick up a first rounder, which is just an added bonus. I thought they were going to do the trade straight up. So the fact that they're able to get a first out of this really is going to add to their depth next year as well. So, Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with both of you guys. Like, there's no surprise here. Um, we really don't know what Andrew Wiggins is yet, to be honest with you. I mean, on the T-Wolves, like you guys have both mentioned, you know, he was the first or second option, kind of just thrown right into that position from the start. And that's really not what he was made to do, perhaps. I mean, perhaps he is the third guy, like a Harrison Barnes, like you said, Wyatt. What really is interesting to me is, you know, when he played on the T-Wolves, he had Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler really kind of, like, demoralized him. He dropped his confidence, like, all-time low, you know. But he's playing with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond, you know, Steve Curry. These are guys that are really going to build him up. The so. opposite of Jimmy. Yeah, the opposite <laughs> of Jimmy. Tear you down, like, man. Steph and Clay, they'll build you up just, like, on, like, a putt of stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, man, how's your day? Like, how are you doing? Jimmy's like, bro, what are you doing out here, bro? Yeah. You're doing what today? You're not in the gym? What? Yeah, Think about so, Steph Curry. Like, yeah. as the star, Jimmy Butler contrasted with Steph Curry. Where Jimmy's gonna like yell at you if you're not trying. Steph is gonna be like, "Hey, bro, like maybe try this or like exactly. so come work out with me." Completely opposite. Like, so I think that's yeah. a great point because I feel yeah. like that's a it's gonna complete add to Wiggins being a better player. Yeah, if he like. has like the the natural ability, the talent, it's there. We all see it, but mm -hmm. like all it takes is the right environment. So I mean, with him there, like who knows what's gonna happen? And all I can say for the T Wolves <gasps> is, where's D Book? Where's when's he coming? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the sure. only missing piece. You know, that's like, three the next... of those guys like want to play together. They have two in place. Mm -hmm. When you come in D Book, they would the give up move. like two hundred points a game. That. <laughs> None of them would play defense. They would all just be worried about their stats. And just, I think it would be bad, man. Okay. I, I also don't think, by the way, I don't think D'Lo on the Wolves, I think it's going to be entertaining, but D'Lo's not a, I don't think he's like a winning player, right? The style yeah, of play. He puts up good numbers. He puts up good stats. He's terrible on defense. Mm -hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, what, they're going to be like hanging out the night before and partying and stuff like that. They're going to, I think they're going to play worse yeah. than than what they already are. So No, I really agree with you because, I mean, we only have one year on Brooklyn basically to like call this guy a star. Like, and he's all you know, for one year. You remember but that Brooklyn's was surrounded with like effort people. Brooklyn's like, record, 42 and 40. 
Yeah. In the wow. East. In the East. Yeah. And but that, and but their coach, they they good their coach yeah. is notorious. So coach is Akinjer. Yeah. Yeah. He's notorious for like getting the, his players like play really hard and like I think mm-hmm. that was Dilo's like most effort he's ever put into a season. Mm-hmm. And like also he's in a contract year, right? So that has motivation. He just got paid, right? So I feel yeah. like Dilo coming off of getting paid, going to the Timberwolves, matched with Carlton Towns. I think this is just like not gonna be a great. Uh, they're not going to win that many games, I mm. feel like. I also think that the just the way that the Warriors got rid of him kind of shows that they weren't super high on him as a player and yeah. just as a personality in the locker room, you know? Just an yeah. asset. Here, so <laughs> let me do, like, this blind resume thing, okay? So I'm going to say player A and player B. You guys tell me who you would rather have, okay? So player A, 20 points a game, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, 35% from 3, really bad on defense, makes $8 million per year, okay? Player B... 23 a game, six assists, three rebounds, slightly better, so 37% from three. Horrible on defense, but makes 30 mil a year. Who would you rather have out of those, out of those two? I think I'll go with A. Yeah, I definitely go with A. Go with A, yeah. Okay, so obviously player B is D'Lo. You guys, can you guess who player A is? Does D'Lo really make 30 million? 30 million. No way. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. I, thought, I know he got maxed yeah. out, but I didn't know he was like it's per bad. annual. Yeah. That's you know, can you guess? Dude, no wonder he doesn't care. Like, he's going to the Timberwolves, bro. Wait, can you, you read the stats here? Yeah. Player A. 20 a game, 20 points, six assists, three rebounds, 35 for three. Could be. Yeah. Uh, Morris bad is defense. already like 20. 8 million? But Morris is better defense, so I don't know. That's a steal. Six man. D Rose? Like I'm Lou Will. Lou Will? Oh, is it actually Lou Will? He's only making yeah, I'm eight shocked. mil a year. I he was making more than that. Wow. I guess six man a year doesn't buy you that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're playing the same minutes per game, basically the same averages is like what I'm saying. Yeah. So, why pay thirty mil a year for a guy like that? When mm-hmm. and D'Lo is only effective when he has the ball in his hands too. Mm-hmm. And we see that he's not a real leader. I mean, right. he's out there with a bunch of like scrubs with Golden State, but he didn't really add. Yeah, like, it never seemed either. like he was yeah, super yeah. present. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's like, does putting him with his best friend, does that help that much? Like, I mean, that's what you're banking on, mm-hmm. is that they're going to motivate each other. But like Daniel's saying, is it going to motivate each other, or is it going to kind of drag him down yeah. even more? Yeah, but I feel like the Timberwolves, regardless, they're not, they're not going to be winning games. So I feel like this move is like, like there's one team that's going to come out of this as a better team, and I feel like it's the Warriors. Because mm-hmm. the Timberwolves, regardless of what they do... They're like the way they play in their mindset. Like I don't know, maybe it will change because they got like seven new players over the <laughs> trade deadline. So maybe their entire team like morale, like the way they think. But like recently, they they just been getting walked over. So and I don't see this trade really. Yeah, it seems more team. like a desperate move to me than yeah. like a thought out logical thing to do. And yeah. They have nothing to lose. So exactly. yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> really, like, either way, they're it's like, they kept Wiggins. They have to pay him a bunch of money. They're gonna keep losing. Yeah. Towns doesn't like, really like Wiggins anymore because they just lose together so much. It's just like damage control, basically. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, it's going to be bad either way, but, like, maybe a new guy will help yeah, somewhat. Yeah. By the way, if I'm Andrew Wiggins, I'm fucking stoked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because, sure. okay, so so we have seen him as the third option on a team when it was Jimmy Butler and Towns, but we've never seen him as the third option on the wing, like, right. as a guard, basically. So now, whoever they play, the Warriors, the worst perimeter defender on the other team is guarding Wiggins. So, yeah. but like we mentioned, that was him being a third option with Jimmy being the, the head guy, and Jimmy could really like mess with your your. Confidence. But I mean, so on that team, the second leading scorer or like option was Cat, so they could still have a the second best perimeter guy right. on Wiggins. Now it has to be the third because Clay and Steph yeah, obviously get like I mean, the he's full just gonna have a ton of open shots. Imagine yeah. how nasty the Warriors are gonna look. Like I, I don't mean nasty in a good way either. With yeah. those <laughs> by himself, like right. imagine how like terrible oh, they're gonna look. This year is gonna be terrible. Like. Is this gonna hurt his confidence? I feel like they, they own they own their draft pick this year, right? They own the rights to their draft pick. The Warriors. Yeah, yeah, they do, right? Yeah, this is perfect trade for them. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins gonna come yeah, in, take up more yeah. L's. I think he's gonna actually lose more games by himself than D'Lo would. Oh yeah. So it's hard to do that because they're it, like yeah, exactly. It's gonna be very hard. But uh, no, to Brandon's point, they're gonna be terrible though. I mean, because yeah. they lost uh, Jacob Evans, Amari Spellman, they, who just like Alex key, Burks. you know, Alex Burks, Alex Burks. Yeah, yeah, they 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 like lost four. Like I'm pretty sure I just read they only had like eight guys signed. Right now. Wait, they're gonna have the. Yeah, this gonna be all. This definitely yeah. tank mode, like dude. Norvell that's from the, tank the mode. Lakers, G League. So they're gonna have their their starting lineup's gonna be Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, Draymond. Green, whoever their center Maybe is, Wiseman. plus a top. Yeah. Wait, wait, plus a top first round pick. So that could be yeah. Wiseman. Plus a top five. Yeah. Probably a top five. And then um, Pascal. He Jordan could be, I mean, still. Yeah, they got a couple. Honestly, guys. that's like, like the. The outline for an okay solid right. roster is oh, there. they just signed Marquise Chris to a team. Oh, yeah, they still have him, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah, still yeah. have him, but he's so like, rough. He's, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's a real route, you know? Yeah. I kind of, like, I he's get what young. the Warriors are doing, though, because, like, 
Think about most teams, you lose the best player in the league, KD. What happened to the Cavs? Yeah. We'll get to them, but like that's the trades they're making. And the Warriors are at least getting someone who can possibly help back. Like, yeah. Wait, so how the, the Warriors got D'Lo with the sign-in trade because of the Kevin Durant thing. So yeah. are you no longer... I've kind of been confused about this, and I'm a big basketball fan. It's still confusing to me. Are you no longer able to sign a free agent straight up? Every single time a player goes, it seems like they have to do a sign-in trade. Like, why was Brooklyn not able just to sign KD straight up if he's an unrestricted free agent? I think... And I don't, I don't get why sometimes they're able just to sign players, and other times they have to agree to a sign-in trade. Because I think even though even though KD is an unrestricted free agent and he wants to go to Brooklyn, but I think it wouldn't have worked because cap wise, yeah, because Russell was making a lot, so I think it had to be like, like Brooklyn has to sign Russell to this deal that makes this amount of money so that you could right. trade him for KD oh, and okay. it matches up. I think yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that's what because it's like. Why would Otherwise Brooklyn want to, to like yeah, I, if I was Brooklyn? Because I thought what they're gonna do is like if they're Brooklyn, they could just release their rights on D'Lo, then D'Lo could go and sign with the player. See, because the Warriors could not actually sign D'Lo in free agency because they're already at, like, the cap limit. They're right. able to re-sign him because he's technically on their team and you're able to go over the cap limit There's when something about he's a on trade the where You could take on more salary in a trade compared to just signing someone straight up. Yeah. So I think that's why it has to be, like... And then that's where it gets super interesting where I wish we knew somebody in, like, a front office where it's, like, how do you Bobby agree Marks, to the sign-and-trade? Like, how concrete is it? Like, can you right. agree to a sign-and-trade and then... One team signs their guy, and then the other team's like, oh, yo, my bad, I was drunk. Like, I was just playing about that deal. And it's like, wait, we just signed Andrew or uh, D'Angelo Russell for 30 mil a year, and you're saying you can't? Oh, because you have what? to sign him first. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's great. That's wow. like a, yeah, front office question. We'll get someone on the podcast who can answer that for us. But, all right, so the next trade, um, we'll go to, this was the first, like, big trade that happened, the most confusing by far. So it involved four teams, 12 players total. Just break down like the, the vitals of it. So Robert Covington goes from the T-Wolves to the Rockets. Clint Capella goes from the Rockets to the Atlanta Hawks. And then uh, Malik Beasley and Willie Hernan Gomez go from the Nuggets to the T-Wolves. And the Nuggets get like Bates Diop and Jordan McRae, like random, random people. But so basically, I think the biggest question here, like – you know, in the aftermath of this trade is what do you guys think about the Rockets just going center? That's not a real position anymore. Cut that out. Nobody over six eight is ever stepping foot on the court for us. I well, think it's pretty done. Sorry. No, but I just we just watched this. I just watched like a whole game of this with the. They just played the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was extremely frustrating because we were trying to force uh, pick yeah. and roll lobs the entire time. Yeah. Um, but they're able to do it because they have B.J. Tucker starting at five, and you need a special person to do that. So, for instance, the Warriors, their lineup of death, right, two, two three years ago, was Draymond Green at the five. Draymond's, like, a little bit bigger than P.J. Tucker, but they kind of play that same title, like, bully ball yeah. type of thing. So you have to have that certain player. So I feel like with this trade, the Rockets, it's a pretty good—I think this is a great, great move for the Rockets to add Robert Covington. Clint Capella was only clogging up the space. You need to get him out of the lane so that way Rus- Russell can really have room to drive and kick. Um, I feel like they add a great shooter with more defense. So when you split that out and you have PJ Tucker guarding the five, I th- last I mean last time they were throwing James Harden guarding the four, and then I think they'll have Robert Covington guarding the three. Maybe they switch that. So I feel like adding a great wing defender and a great shooter in Robert Covington is a pretty good steal. And they got rid of the the Clint Capella contract too because he was he was making some good money. So I don't know how Daryl Morey keeps doing this, the GM for the Rockets, but every he's literally like he's, I would say he's like the best GM in, in the NBA as far as trade goes. He was able to get out of the Chris Paul deal, which no one thought was possible, and then he's able to get out of the Clint Capella deal and kind of kind of throw like a wrench into like the system because you're going to have to learn how to guard the Rockets, is, the Rockets 5. It's going to be an interesting matchup for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a really interesting trade for sure. Um, I mean, I, I looked at like the plus minus. I think with Capella on the floor, they were like minus like 10 or 12 or something like that um, on offense. So... Really, I think what the Rockets are trying to do is they're trying to play downhill. They have a guy in Russell Westbrook who really just needs to get to the paint. He has to get straight to the paint, and Capella is, like, taking up that space. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think what the Rockets are banking on is, you know, you bring in this great wing defender, like Daniel said, and then if you need a big guy, there's the buyout market. There's guys out there that they could get to afterwards that will want to play for a contender, you know. And, I mean, Mike D'Antoni has always been known for his really quick offense, you know, back when he was with the Suns. So, I think he's trying to replicate that here in this new wave, and – like you said, you know, it worked out well against the Lakers. They just got smacked tonight. <laughs> and I think yeah, another thing, too, is the matchup-wise, when they have to switch, because they have five out, right? And then yeah. they, they what they do is they, they have their guys set a pick on their big, 
And then they, they have Westbrook coming off the pick, and then he's getting guarded by a four or a five, and it's yeah. just he's it's a mismatch all game long. And then if you don't have Westbrook doing it, you have Harden doing it. So they have to figure out either you have to play down to their size and just go with, like, with the uh, play kind of big with like a, a big four as your five or play small ball. Or you're just going to have to overpower them. And last night, the Lakers definitely couldn't. So I'm interested to see how teams play them moving forward. Because it's a very tricky matchup. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, if you just base it off what happened with the Rockets against the Lakers last night, you're like, oh, this could work. Because they only got out-rebounded by the Lakers by one rebound. Wow. And that's like a a big team, right? With like AD, JaVale, Dwight. But this is where it's like, the NBA, you got to take a bigger sample size. Basketball in general, it's like, why is March Madness so entertaining? Because in one game. Yeah. Anything could happen. Exactly. Like Liam could drop forty points, and if everything goes right, you don't know who Liam is, but basically it's like, yeah, he could drop. 40 yeah, points. he would never. No. Yeah. Um, but okay, so so <laughs> so the Rockets play the Suns tonight. Okay, they lose one hundred twenty-seven to ninety-one. Uh, my math isn't great. That's thirty-six points, I believe. Now Westbrook didn't play, so okay, uh, well, that's, that's, a, big. that's a huge factor, but, especially but for this, the, the way they're going to play, though. Yeah, they're 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 banking on the whole reason why they're doing this is the clear space for Westbrook to yeah. drive. Harding can play yeah. with a big, he can play without a big. Westbrook, yeah. he's done a, he's really played really well. And if you look at the last four or five games, uh, so going into tonight, I didn't even know they lost. Uh, but going into tonight, I think they were four and zero, maybe five and zero, trying the small ball lineup kind of, or playing more small because Clint Capella has kind of been injured. He actually mm-hmm. has been injured been out, yeah. with a, a heel injury, I believe. Um, so they've been they've been trying this out before actually making the trade, and it, it was it's kind of been working out. So I, except for tonight, I mean, but Westbrook not being there, I think is a huge factor. Kind yeah. of, yeah. This kind of reminds me of like an adult league when we play with four guys, and as like the first like quarter, like, the other team is like freaking out, yeah. trying to like how the fuck do you guard four guys, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what's happening with the Rockets right now. I think it's gonna work in stretches for them in the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, I think you just have to have size at the end of the day, like. You look at the Warriors last year in the postseason, what really hurt them, especially versus the, the Raptors, was they just had no size. And they just got dominated inside. And I just I don't think the Rockets system in general is uh, built to win in the playoffs, but I think with them going smaller, it's going to hurt them even more. Yeah. So, so okay, you said something about you made like an adult league comparison, and I have another one that I think matches with this. So we've been playing in adult leagues for a while, right? The most like just discouraging thing is when we can't get a rebound. And it's just, oh, this team misses eight shots in a row, but they get the rebound every time. And then, like, we go home and we're like, hey, we played well, but we lost because we just weren't as big as them. And that's it. But, like, but I think a key factor here is you got to think, you got to remember the players on the Rockets, like who they are. PJ mm-hmm. Tucker, he will box out and he will fight yeah. with anyone for a rebound. Russell Westbrook has yeah. been averaging 10 plus rebounds for the past three the best, years the best Yo, rebounding guard the best ever. rebounding guard yeah, ever so the only yeah. way this works is if you have someone like pj tucker and if you have someone like russell westbrook who are going to go after those rebounds russell's going after every rebound it doesn't matter who you you could be anthony davis you could be dwight howard russell's going to be right there fighting for that so i think that's a huge factor in the way that's the only way they can even play like this yeah, is if you yeah. have someone like and they have the best rebounding guard of all time i feel you but you know comparing like a pj tucker and like draymond green i think is a good example too because mm-hmm. they have similar personalities like draymond's gonna fucking get any rebound he possibly can you know yeah. but you know the warriors also had kd who was you know seven one so they not talking had, about the year before they had kd but the year before when right they, but i mean their, i think death like i was saying had, i think it could work in stretches because kd's six eleven though you know what i'm saying that's like on like and he's lengthy. yeah yeah exactly that's what i'm saying, saying like is like you could have like, a you have a, a wing player that has that kind of height you know which adds to the advantage but i think you know the the death lineup for the warriors when they went small they did that in stretches and it works in stretches i just don't think over a long period, like you were saying, a long stretch of time, it's gonna consistently. Yeah, sure. Well, like like Rand said, I feel like in the buyout market, that's they're definitely gonna be looking for yeah. a center. So if it doesn't, you know, because then they if it's not working or in a seven game series, mm-hmm. see when you're playing a playoff game in a seven game series, they're playing you again and again and again. And when you have something like where you're, you're like have like a tricky system or whatever, they have opportunity to figure it out and kind of the game plan. So I feel like they're definitely gonna be looking for a buyout center, yeah. and that's gonna be a huge factor. Brandon, what do you, what do you? I, I mean, I'm just super interested to hear your thoughts on just rebounding, basically, because that's what this boils down to. It's like, it's just a conversation on the art of rebounding. I mean, that's it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> like, 
like we saw against the the Lakers, you said they were only they they were out rebounded by one or they by one by they, one yeah only by one. So what's what's interesting is with this offense, they're going to generate so many more long rebounds because all they're taking is threes. Right. They're going to yeah, take like fifty a, threes a game. Thing. So all these long that's rebounds actually are advantageous for them because they have a lot of young like not young but they have a lot of like smaller Athletic, guys running yeah. around the perimeter. They're going to grab those rebounds. They so got Westbrook like you said. P.J. Tucker, Covington's a good rebounder. I don't, Harden will stick his nose in there. I don't know if Covington played today either. I have to just check that. Oh, really? yeah, he, played, he played against the Lakers, and he played he pretty good. Oh, he started today. He started today. He started today and went one for seven. So All I think right. that's uh, the Covington experience, basically. I feel like the but, one thing we probably haven't talked about is actually, I do think Robert Covington is a good player. And like, yeah. as an addition to himself, he's, he's good. I don't mm-hmm. know about the system, but he's a great player. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a guy that I was hoping the Lakers would get. But So do you think like when it comes down to the playoffs – is that lack of height and just size in general going to be something that like you can game plan against as as, as an opposing coach? Where it's like we have two seven footers, they have none. Slow it down. I don't know. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said. It's interesting. It's a seven game series in the NBA. I think you can definitely game plan for that. Mm-hmm. It's going to take something, but all it takes for one off night for the the Rockets for not shooting well, like I'm guessing they did tonight, then mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to lose the game yeah. because they can't send it down low to anybody to get them any consistent exactly. points. Like Harden used to spam the pick and roll with Capella so much down the stretch. Like I don't I know. know if you guys have been watching him, but he used to do it a lot. So, I mean, without that steady presence down low, they're really going to have to rely on the outside shooting, mm-hmm. and that's difficult to do over a seven-game series. Their philosophy, though, has always been, let's trade threes for twos, or let's trade two for three, two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, they don't really care. Okay, pound the ball down low or whatever. Try to get a, a, a try to post up, right? You get two points. Okay, cool. We'll get you on a mismatch, and then we'll kick out for a three, and then we'll trade two for three. Right, but but if that, you don't... How's that work for them? Yeah. So. Well, against yeah. the Lakers, they work great. But if, like, if they don't <laughs> shoot well, it's going to be terrible. Right, so, that, like, so, how many NBA Finals appearances have they had in the last 10 years? Well, this, I'm told we're talking about a new system that they're just implementing so, okay. small ball. Can I just just tell me what you guys think about this comparison? Okay, so let's compare the Rockets to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. James Harden is to Joel Embiid as Russell Westbrook is to Ben Simmons. Because wait, wait, so they got killed by the Suns tonight. Okay, the Rockets did. James Harden had 32 points, sick, minus 20 plus minus. I think the difference though is that I feel like. Joel and Ben low-key hate each other, while Russell and James are actually homies. So I feel like that's a big... I don't know. This this offense is literally built for Russell Westbrook, though. It's, it's built for him. Without him on the floor playing at like his absolute best, the yeah. Rocks have no chance to win. Yeah. Like I think it comes down to that. It's that simple. For like, sure. It's, the team is literally built no, for him. No, I mean, their stars have to be fucking stars. Yeah, they're going to lose. Every night. Yeah. They have nobody else. Exactly. EG, Eric Gordon. Exactly, and like, that's like what you're saying when it comes to a seven-game <laughs> series. You know, yeah. that's a, You're asking a lot of two guys, basically, to be fucking everything for your team yeah. for seven games. That's, and, just, that's tough. And like let's be honest. like With Capella, they weren't going to win anything. They no. weren't going to win shit. No, they weren't. Win, I mean, to so. be honest, Capella fucking got fucking outplayed by Kevin Looney, you know, last season in the playoffs. So. He got, he he got, got played really off yeah, the court. Really yeah, he couldn't even play. Yeah, so, yeah they, they had, had to make a gamble move, and I think this is it. Like, we'll see what happens. And they get off the Capella contract. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great it's trade for the Rockets. Like, yeah. You weren't going to win regardless, right? So you, you gamble on this. We'll see how it works. Maybe you're a tricky matchup for people. You're going to be hard out in the playoffs just because you're going to have the game plan for them. Mm-hmm. And you get rid of the Capella contract. So, Yeah, and so... I guess we'll we'll get to this later, but it's like the question is like who in the buyout market do they get? Tristan Thompson sounds like a guy that definitely yeah. they could use. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll get to the rest of the trades. All right, so the next trade is uh, Miami Heat send Dion Waiters, James Johnson, and Justice Winslow to the Grizzlies for Iguodala, and then James Johnson goes ends up going to the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies get. Uh, Georgie Jang, Diang, however you say it. Gorgie. Yeah, Gorgie Jang. How, but basically, the Heat got Iguodala, and the Grizzlies got Justice Winslow. That's like the main pieces that moved. So, I mean, just initial reactions, like Iguodala to the Heat, that was a surprise to me. So I just want to hear what you guys think about that. I, I don't know. Like a lot of people um, are super high on on Iggy. Like he's just like when, when he was with the Warriors. Like he really solidified his value as like a playoff piece. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a great playmaker, defender, like solid guy. But dude's been chilling in Silicon Valley for like five, six months now. Like just really like working out in a high school gym or college gym, probably with his trainer. You know, getting shots up. Um, but he's 36 years old now, and they signed him to like a two-year, $30 million deal. Second year is a team option, which gives him flexibility. But still, like, 
I'm not sold that he's enough to bring them over the top. I mean, it's a good move for them, sure, because, you know, Justice Winslow has been injured, and he didn't really have a clear role with Jimmy Butler leading the team. But I'm still not sold that Iggy is, like, you know, the prob- the, the solution to all their problems. I think they need, like, another guy if they're really trying to make a push over the top. But it's always Pat Riley is, like, really ambitious with making moves. So, I mean, like, kudos to them for getting a guy who will, like, contribute and help them win. But I'm not sure if he's, like, enough to take them over the top. Yeah, I agree with Brandon. I felt like they had to add a piece. You know, they had to do something. And so for that, it's a good deal. But, I mean, Iggy, he didn't have a good season last year. Like, if you look at his stats with the Warriors last season, he, he looked like an old man out there for the most part. And he played better in the playoffs. You know, obviously he's got that crazy experience. He's been at multiple finals and that sort of thing. But, I mean, he had a spattering of good games here and there. But, I mean, overall, I just don't know if his production is going to be enough, like Brandon was saying, to put them over the edge. I think it's a good, you know... Uh, guy to have on your roster and have in the locker room but that's not enough to win you a championship at the end of the day yeah like you guys both said i'm very interested to see how igadella plays like that's a big factor in this we haven't really seen him play and the last time we did see him play was he was injured throughout the entire playoffs which he mentioned afterwards which was the reason kind of reason why he got traded off the warriors part of the reason um but so I'm interested to see how he do, how he factors in with the heat. He does give them length on the on the wings, which they don't really have right now. They got great guards. They got a bunch of great guards. But this will definitely add to the depth on on def, being able to defend multiple good wings in the East. Uh, I think another interesting aspect to this is uh, the Heat also got Solomon Hill, which was one of probably the best expiring contracts. I should rephrase that. He signed like the worst contract ever four years ago. He signed a four year seventy million dollar deal. What? Yeah. Then That's he no way. Did you no realize way. that? Look it up. Wait, Look at that who, crazy who? season. The, yeah. the, it was the, the year No, it's the crazy offseason. He signed it with the, the, the Pelicans. Oh, no, the, the Pelicans. Pelicans. It was the year it was the year that Tiffany I, I know this because uh, we signed Mozgov to a four year seventy and a dang to a four year seventy. It was the year that the cap uh, the cap space completely went up and so all these teams were handing out like seventy million dollar contracts because they they had to kind of, and they were just handing it out to randoms. Okay, Solomon Hill somehow got a four-year, seventy million dollar contract, and people were like, "Who is Solomon Hill?" Even when he signed it. it so was, he's finally, he's finally in the last year of that terrible contract. It's fifty million. Four-year, fifty. Yeah, still, still I mean, still, still terrible. Over twelve million a year. For he, he's Solomon never averaged Hill. more than like seven points in his career. Anyway, yeah. so he's finally at the end of that expiring contract. So the Miami Heat, not only did they get Iguodala, but they also. Um, they trade away a couple contracts, and they get Solomon Hill, which Jay is gonna Crowder. add. It's gonna add a lot of flexibility, and they get Jay Crowder, which is he's not. I know he's bounced around a bunch of teams, but he's not a bad NBA player. Yeah. He adds some physicality, some depth. Um, so, I, I think Miami Heat definitely come away as this as, as the victory in the trade, mm-hmm. uh, especially because it still allows them to go after Giannis and in two years, which is exactly what Pat Riley wants to do. Facts. They're only going to have one player or a, a, they're only going to have like two or three players on the contract when that does happen, along with some rookie contracts. So they're going to be able to have the cap room to do it. So I'm interested to see how that, if, if this, if they do get Giannis in two years, this trade was like the best trade they could have done because it, it allows them to have the flexibility to do so. One thing I will say about Iggy too is, you know, obviously, like I said, he had a bad season last year, but if you look at his very last game with the Warriors, it was that game six versus the Raptors in the finals. He had 22 points, made a couple threes, was kind of the reason the Warriors were in that game. So, and he was know, really injured. You right, should look right. up the injury. I believe it was like something like a broken. It was broken, his shoulder. I was think. it his shoulder? I yeah. thought he had like a, a broken bone in his foot. Am I tripping? I thought I, that was I don't know. Know. I don't I'm not totally yeah. sure. But the point is, I guess, is like at the end of the day, if you're Miami, you could get yourself into a position where you're like in a game six with the Bucks or something. He is a guy which is like a one game scenario. He could come in and yep. do something like that. Yeah. So he's not, he's not necessarily going to help them in the regular season at all. Right. But yeah. Yeah. he's going to spend the rest of the regular season getting in shape. I yeah. Mean, our, yeah. Getting playing in like into game shape. shape. Yeah, playing into like, Obviously, he's like in shape, but like game shape is a lot different. I think, I do think him and, him and Jimmy Butler are going to like, that's the leaders of the team now, right? Like, yeah. those guys yeah. are going to be Which a good Which is another example. aspect is like his leadership, right? He's been mm-hmm. there, he's done that. He's going to add some great veteranness in the playoffs, yep. especially considering how young uh, the Miami Heat are. We, we talked about it yeah. before. They're like one of the younger teams in the NBA as far as like who their productive players are. So this is going to be very interesting to see how Iguodala has an effect on their young players. Yeah, and then I do think Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder are also, like, they're not, like, flashy guys. They're not, their numbers aren't going to be, like, oh, well, like, that's crazy. But they knock down threes, and they're big wings. And, like, you can never have too many of those guys, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right? I feel like yeah. Jay Crowder is, like, the NBA average sort of mm-hmm. in a way. And, like, you need guys like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, so Solomon Hill is 6'6", 225. And then he's 28, so it's not like he's old. 38% on threes this year. Like, okay. that's respectable. Bad, yeah. uh, Jay Crowder's having a down year for him, but again, 6'6 six, six also. 
And I think he's only shooting like what thirty, yeah, thirty percent from three. But maybe on a better team, I mean. Yeah, still brings that junkyard dog mentality. <clears throat> yeah. So Jimmy Butler like him, I'm sure. Right, and if he, if <laughs> either of those guys <laughs> aren't shooting well, they, it's not like the Heat need them. They could yeah. just not play them and be fine. Because I think for the Heat it makes sense because you gave up nothing. Like right. Justice Winslow hasn't been playing for you. Yeah, and he's then, been injured for years, though, yeah. I feel like. And, or he's been underperforming ever since yeah. his draft. I thought he was going to be very good coming out of Duke. I yeah. was like, oh, versatile. You, you could guard multiple positions. His jumper just never seemed to develop for whatever reason. Um, and his athleticism was decreasing every year, it seems mm-hmm. like. And he's not really able to beat people mm-hmm. off the dribble. Doesn't really have an offensive game. Lacking on the defensive side. There's really, I don't... I could be completely wrong in this, but I don't think Justice Winslow is going to turn into a great NBA player, so I don't think they're going to really lose anything. Yeah, but then again, like the other side of the coin is that for the Grizzlies, you they already got. So Brendan and I looked this up before we recorded, and we were like, we had to triple check our sources because this made no sense. Why you're a Warriors fan, so I just want to see if you were familiar with this. So when the Warriors got rid of Iguodala, so they sent him to the Grizzlies. Do you know that the Warriors also gave the Grizzlies their first round pick in 2024, 2025, and 2026? Just to take the contract. Because it was was a contract thing. They had, so Mm -hmm. they, in order to, I think, in order to sign D'Lo, wasn't that the the KD thing? Yeah, it was was just just to facilitate. It was just like, yeah, maybe, yeah. No, it was because there's no way you're giving up three first rounders just to trade away a dollar just to do so. Still, though. That's it's all money, right? Yeah. It was three first. I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah, know put it this way. Like Clay and Steph are both signed through those years, so I guess you're assuming. They're going to be like 35 uh, years 2026 years old. I mean, they're lucky they have a fucking first round pick coming They up. got really lucky, because I could have totally seen them being like, oh, we'll win like 60 games next year. Okay, let's trade the first for something. And then they yeah. imagine yeah. if they traded this year's first. Cool. Mm. Yeah. So basically, the Grizzlies, though, you get multiple first round picks. And then you also get so you get multiple first round picks just for taking Nigadala, and then you also get Justice Winslow, who's the equivalent of a first round pick. Yeah, he's still because he's young. Yeah, yeah. and like if he's did. healthy, like he's good. He's like, the tenth yeah. pick. So, like yeah. you were saying, yeah, Daniel, like they, yeah. they made like some crazy moves this year. Like kudos to the Grizzlies GM. Like, I yeah. didn't know they were making all these moves, but they're looking good for the future. Yeah, and we yeah we got to know that guy's name, whoever he is. Uh, but it's just like that's one of the few win win trades it seems like where it makes sense for all the teams involved which makes sense where it's like whoever the Grizzlies GM is we'll call him just the Michael Jordan of GMs and then (laughs) Pat Riley who's like the godfather of GMs basically like it makes sense that they would make a deal like that gotta give some love to the Raptors GM by the way Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wait, let me just do the quick breakdown oh, of what yeah, the Grizzlies yeah. have done. All right, so this is the Grizzlies' moves in the past year. Drafted, and this was like a they tweeted out by Kevin O'Connor. Um, <clears throat> drafted John Morant, amazing pick, right? Even though it's second overall, you're kind of expecting it. But they could have got, they could have went for RJ Barrett. They stayed home, got John Morant, which was an amazing pick. Yeah. Traded up for Brandon Clark, who's been a completely overperforming um, rookie this year. Dealt Mike Conley for Jay Crowder in a future first. Got rid of the Mike Conley contract, which was a max, a super max. Uh, never made an all-star team. Got rid of that contract for Jay Crowder and a future first, right? So they picked up a first. So they got the Jazz then, first, a Jazz first round pick. Yeah. And two, uh, they tr- they acquired DeAnthony Melton to take Josh Jackson. So this is actually like a year and a half, like two drafts ago. They traded back the draft Josh Jackson, uh, and he's been performing amazing. Melton. They drafted Melton. Or they acquired Mel- yeah. DeAnthony Mellon to take Josh Jackson. And then, okay, so then they uh, got a first to take Andre Iguodala, or multiple first-rounders from the Warriors, uh, and they flipped Iguodala for Justice Winslow, all like in the past <laughs> year and a half, two years. They've made Not so bad. many moves. Not yeah. bad. And, and all their young players that they've acquired or picked up, I didn't even mention Brooks from Oregon. Oh, which yeah, is starting. An, and they just signed him to a three-year, $30 million contract, which I think is going to be a great value. Yeah. That's great value. So they're, they're very strategic, and I think the Grizzlies in the next couple of years are going to be very competitive. Definitely. Yeah, those are the building blocks. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay, next, next trade, uh, we'll do... All right, we'll do the Clippers, just, you know, L.A. team. So the Clippers get Marcus Morris from the Knicks for Maurice Harkless, who's an expiring contract, and a first-round pick, which it's basically a second-round pick because it's the Clippers, so that's going to be like, you know, the uh, the 29th pick or something like that. And then the Clippers also lose Jerome Robinson to the Wizards just to make the money work, and they get Isaiah Thomas, who they already have said that they're going to waive. But... Basically, the Clippers get Marcus Morris to replace uh, Mo Harkless, who's been starting for them. 
So how how does this like does this make the Clippers better? I mean, it has to make them better. Like how much better? Is that's the real question? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say. Like how much better can a team get that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George when you're adding Marcus Morris? You know, like that's kind of a weird conversation almost to have. But uh, I I do feel like, I feel like Mo Harkless was kind of underperforming a little bit this year. Like I expected a lot more from him coming into the season. Um, I, obviously, I think the Clippers expect a lot more from him too. So I, I think this makes the Clippers a better team. Marcus Morris is a guy you know you're, what you're going to get from him. You know He's going to be able to defend, he's going to be able to shoot, and he's going to be able to get to the rack. So I think it's a good trade for the Clippers overall. I think this trade is a, is a great trade for both uh, people involved. And I say that because the Knicks... Uh, Marcus Morris, I believe, was on a on a one year contract, right? Uh, so they, he wasn't. I don't think he was gonna resign anyways. He just went there because they were gonna pay him the most money in free agency. He had a great year, shooting or uh, shooting forty three percent from the threes, averaging over twenty points, but on a really bad Knicks team. So I feel like the Knicks being able to get value out of him was really good. They got Mo Harkless, uh, who's on an expiring contract as well, I believe, and they got a first rounder, right? So they get a first rounder, and they're gonna have cap space going forward. Um, I don't really see them resigning Mo Harkless for what he's on a demand. And uh, as far as the Clippers go, the only thing that really matters is like how they're going to match up with the Lakers, right, in, in the Western Conference. And I mentioned this before, but what, since they acquired Marcus Morris, that means the Clippers are going to have to take off either Pat Beverly or Lou Will in the final like couple of minutes of the game, which is the most important stretch of the game. And most of the time, it's going to be decided between those uh, in those two minutes, especially in a seven-game series. So the Pat Bev and Lou Will always kill the Lakers. They always do. They always determine to play well against the Lakers. So by the fact that they're, even though they're adding in Marcus Morris, the fact that they have to remove Pat Beverly and, uh, and or Lou Will, I think that's going to be a big factor and a big impact on their, their final two minutes, which could have, have potentially affect their playoff run, which I'm hoping so. so Brian, before you jump so. in, let me just, I'm just going to say, Daniel, as we're the two Laker fans here, I just... Denial is the first step. Um, so I just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm, I'm spinning it so that way it doesn't look that bad. Yeah, right? no, and by the way, Darren Collison is coming to the Lakers. Okay, right? we'll get to that. We'll get so to that. Yeah. I'm just saying it. because I, I went through that too, where at first I was like, no, Marcus Morris? Like, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. We'll no. see. Hey, but, we'll see. Wait we'll, till the oh, first yeah. matchup. I, mean, I hope I'm wrong. But, okay, Brandon, you're a, you're a, what is it, a impartial. Yeah. bystander so I feel like they will what do you them. think I mean, do you I, think I, this is it more that it helps the clippers or that it hurts because it's taking away from the lakers no i mean I, I feel you daniel on that but like that's a great problem to have at the end of the day like yeah. if you're trying to figure out oh crap like if i take him off i'm gonna lose this if i put him in i'm gonna gain mm-hmm. this like hey that's that's great you know yeah. it's better than not having somebody to swap him out for you know like say there's an injury like you can account for that now but End of the day, like you got Jermichael Green and Mo Harkless spotting up for threes. Give me Marcus Morris anytime. You know, like he's gonna come in. He's gonna not only give you that three point shooting. I didn't even know he's averaging twenty a game. That's crazy. He is. Yeah, he's he averaging twenty on forty three from three. That's crazy. What? But those are he's, both career numbers, though. And, and like, if you look at like good. those are career numbers. You got him though. at the perfect like, time. <laughs> he's, he's the leading scorer I, no, for the Knicks. Just, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. He's Which not that's like let's, let's, and yeah. RJ Barrett's been injured, and Knox is a complete bust out of nowhere. I thought he was actually gonna be good. So I don't. Yeah. Know. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. You, you add that scoring, and he's a he's a dog. You know, he has that doghouse mentality. So I mean, he's gonna grind, and that's what the Clippers are all about. About. so i think he fits perfectly and like yeah lakers fans like you guys are gonna need to do something i will say <laughs> something all right the be on unbi- like the be like unbiased here as brandon was saying earlier uh, the fact that they're gonna be able to rotate marcus morris Kawhi leonard and paul george on yeah. pretty much lebron james all night long is gonna be extremely frustrating yeah. especially in the playoffs so i'm ready to see how how we're able to game plan against that uh, I'm just expecting Anthony Davis, you know, 40 and 20, no big deal, playoff season average. Uh, 420 average, you know. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> Has yeah. he ever been in the second round? Yeah, he's been in the second whoa, round. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what? Bro. Whoa. Get out of here. We have the Pelicans. Hey. One time. Him Wait, and Rondo. Right? Oh, they did beat the Blazers. They, they beat the Blazers. Oh, right. like, we got swept by the Warriors. Yeah, you know how I mentioned that, but like... Uh, you didn't ask that. You said, did they make the second round? And the answer is yes. That's right. Uh, I'm not a Pelicans okay. fan. Here, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. So, like... yeah. No one's defending the Pelicans here. Yeah. So, okay. This is the only hope. So, as a Laker fan, you think like, okay. So, Marcus Morris went from averaging 20 a game. He took the most shots per game on the Knicks this season, right? So, you think like, well, okay. Who's he replacing on the Clippers? 
So Mo Harkless, that's who he's replacing, averaged four shots per game. Yeah, I want to say that. That's a that's a great point. And the reason why that's a great point is if you play basketball, you know how important playing in rhythm is. Mm-hmm. All right, you're telling me Marcus Morris, who's never had that many shot attempts in his career, he's just getting shots up all night long with New York. So okay, you're gonna get in the rhythm, and you're gonna if you can play in a rhythm, you can play a lot better than what you actually are. Right. So yeah. I, all right, it's gonna improve. Right. You're gonna play with more confidence. So I feel like by taking away those shots and just saying, "Hey, we want you to play great defense," I know I'm, depending on how what his mentality is like, that could really affect his confidence shooting wise. And so when you when they do kick it to him in an important shot, you may not be as or I could easily see his shooting numbers, his shooting percentages definitely will go down. Uh, yeah. From so the, even though he'll get more open looks, right. I feel like his shooting percentage will go down. So okay, so I'm hoping his shooting percentage will <laughs> so go they, down. So, so he averaged he averaged 15 <laughs> shots a game with the Knicks. And then he's taking Harkless' spot, four shots per game? What about a quarter Green? of the shots. Jamarco Green's still there, though. I know, but I'm oh, saying oh, his average. He's only. He's not going to take as many shots. He's only taking six a game. Okay. So, well, so, so I actually. Com- three and then what you I combined. So before this year, though, with the Knicks, like, what, how many shots a game was like Marcus Morris getting? He's on the Celtics. Like 12, he's on the Celtics, right? yeah. I think he was getting like 12 or 10. On the Celtics? Yeah. Um, on the Celtics. And the Celtics have a good amount of wings. Like, so 11. He's, 11. He's, 11. Not, seat, they he's have not a stranger. stranger. But they don't have... But, so he almost doubled his shot. As but him, so but they had they had uh, Tatum and Brown, not Kawhi and Paul George. That's plus true. Lou Williams. Yeah. Plus Harrell. Like, so Marcus Morris is going from the number one option on the Knicks, where it's the garden. Like, even though you suck, you're scoring and there's people cheering. There's yep. drunk-ass New Yorkers. And now you go to L.A. where... The Clipper crowd, trust me, is it gets lit. Like people are going crazy there, and he's gonna have to be like, "Oh wait, I don't get this play." Like, "Oh, I'm just waiting for Kawhi to make." Yeah, a play. and and like, for and he's not a spot up three point shooter. All right, he's shooting a good percentage this year, but let's compare it to his career average. He's not. No one's ever thought of Marcus Morris as, "Oh, he's a spot up three point shooter." No, he's a great defender, and he can get rebound. And he can, you know, he does a lot of different things on the basketball floor. But the idea of him being a spot up three point shooter, I don't think is there. So. I'm interested uh, to see how it happens. No, we'll uh, see. Look at his numbers. He's not like a spot up, like like a spot up three point shooter to me is like the typical like uh, Covington or something like, like that. Robert Covington yeah. or JJ Redick or like yeah. Kyle Korver. Like those would be like. So the thing is, I mean, that's the problem though. Is like you would think that he would get more open looks with the Clippers, which he will. But how, as the number one option on the Knicks, is he shooting forty four percent from three? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It is so impressive. career high three point percentage. At the same time, career high three point attempts. And I think he shoots hot off the dribble too. That, yeah, yeah that's what I'm sure. saying. That doesn't happen. Like, you don't. I think he's shooting like six a game too. Oh, right? yeah, six, that's what I'm saying. Six, six point one threes yeah. a game. So you don't in, like increase your, you know, the amount of threes that you take, but also increase your efficiency. So that's scary. Yeah, it is scary, especially when you think like I mean, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there, he's gonna be getting open threes, you know. And so he's used to being the number one option on New York. He's got guys all over him, but now he's gonna be taking these open shots. Yeah, but what I was saying, my point to that is like, just Brandon even mentioned it, right? He's doing these shots off the dribble. He's gonna be put into a different position where it's like, yo, go stand in the corner, we'll kick it to you. You, you shoot. He's not a. What I was trying to mention before is he maybe he's a great like off the dribble shooter, but there's different between an off the dribble shooter and yeah. being a catch and shoot, right? That's like true. a Clay Thompson, like yeah. a catch and shoot, just like ready to go. And I know Clay's like the best shooter. In, in the NBA, right? So I'm not going to compare Marcus Morris to that, but I'm just saying. But like Mo Harkless, compared to who he's replacing, Harkless just knocks down threes when he's not. Yeah, but he's moving. a set shot. Yeah, he's, exactly. a, he's a spot yeah. up shooter, right? And yeah. Morris is more off the dribble. I need the ball in my hands to create. So I'm interested to see how that. Yeah. So, so my question then for for you two specifically, Daniel and David, like, say say Morris had ended up on the Lakers, like, how would this conversation be different? You guys probably. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness, bro. Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? All day, twenty points, he and he's on the worst team Ray in the Allen NBA. Who? Are you can imagine getting yeah. completely yeah. open looks. You're gonna have yeah. Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Davis yeah. and LeBron James <laughs> are gonna run a pick and roll, right? LeBron's gonna come off the pick. He's gonna kick it to the corner. Marcus Morris is gonna be all day, forty-three percent from the corner. Daniel. that would be the conversation. But it, it, it's I, not. It didn't. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. So. But basically, what it, I think what it comes down to—that's what I'm doing right now. I'm talking him playing terrible into existence. I think what it came down to is that Daniel, you you have to admit this, or else you're just in full denial mode. What what organization has been run more competently in the past like five to ten years? The Lakers or the Clippers? Uh, well, if you go five to ten, I'll say I'll definitely say the Clippers that's for not, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 no, for yeah. sure. If the question's five to ten, I'll say the Clippers. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> that's why like one or two. So that's why <laughs> that's why it came down to this. Like, the only offer the Lakers had 
the only way we could get Marcus Morris was Kuzma, and that's I'm yeah, not I wasn't I wasn't down yeah, to that at all, and I'm so yeah. glad we didn't make that happy trade. You kept Kuzma. Oh, yeah, I'm, we'll get to the, yeah, we'll yeah, get to I, for sure. For what I mean, the, no, for what I the mean, trade no. <laughs> For what, for what the trade? Let me say this. For what the trade options were for Kuz, yes, I'm yeah, happy yeah. we kept Kuz. There, I mean, the problem with Kuz is that he makes so like little money. We don't have yeah. the cap space. You have to trade him. If you were to trade him Plus. straight up, you would have to trade him straight up for like someone who's making two million a year. Which, which is scrubs. Like, yeah, for what? Scrubs, like, he, he, yeah. I think he has. If you look at his contract, he's a, he's the best contract value. I, I would feel. Which, like number wise, yes, number wise, that actually makes it not make a great value trade wise. Which yeah, which, which is that's stupid. So lost. That's like, that's, yeah, yeah, it's like, like that's the part of the NBA that's like, or that's kind of stupid that you can't just yeah. trade people. Like, but I mean, it makes sense though because then you have like one team. With- but then these owners are like, billionaires. Like they're yeah. not even a real number, right? Like yeah, yeah. Okay, that's teams. enough because I yeah the Clippers are the best team in LA. It sucks. But I mean, technically they're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. For now. They have beat us <laughs> two times this year. That's true. Oh, yeah, no, those weren't. So, okay, this is like, all right, the last thing about why I wish we got, the Lakers got Morris, is that he could guard Kawhi, but now he's going to be guarding LeBron. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. He's gonna I, like, I mentioned that too. Man. It's going to be terrible. They're, mm-hmm. they're just going to rotate all. I mean, Brandon yeah. mentioned that. They're, they're just going to keep rotating all game long on LeBron. And it's going to wear LeBron out. I just. Uh, and at LeBron's age and stuff, and he's yep. kind of been playing a lot this regular season, right? So I, I just really so now we're going down. Now we move past it. I, I just, just in like in my head. You know what I'm picturing? You know what I'm literally picturing in my head right now as a Lakers fan? What? I'm picturing, I'm picturing LeBron cramping up in no. Miami Heat, why? and I'm no. just picturing it what? like, yo, why are we playing him so many minutes right now? It doesn't. I mean, no, not a lot no, of minutes, no, no. but he doesn't take games off, which I'm kind of glad because I like to watch him play all the time. But I'm True. just saying, like. As I, this can, will completely change too, depending on how the seeding gets locked up. As soon as we lock up the first seed, which we will, I feel like uh, we'll just we'll rest okay. LeBron, you know, get him ready for the playoffs. But I feel like that's gonna be a very intense series. Uh, it's gonna be a very exciting series, and I, and I hope it happens, and I hope the Lakers win in four. Of so I just you know. Four. So I said hope. I was gonna say, <laughs> gonna say it's not happening. I said hope. It's probably gonna go seven. The honestly. other like random thing is just like if if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard gets hurt, like he can step in and be that guy. Whereas like for the Lakers, if like LeBron goes down or like AD goes down, it's over it's pretty yeah. much, man. Which we didn't want to bring up. Alex Caruso coming off <laughs> the bench, bro. AC <laughs> Fresh, bro. Bro, I've I've seriously considered getting an Alex Caruso like, jersey. Getting that? No, no. Taking it a step further, a haircut, like a literal haircut, like yo. <laughs> Shave me so I got a bald spot. Yeah. Shave your bald spot. Bro, you got to wear the headband. Yeah. 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 Yo, let me get the, the AC. <laughs> what? The AC special, bro. What are you yeah. talking about? In LA, they know what that is. Right? Yeah. Gotta, they, yeah, they have to. They but have to. I could be like a world changer. <laughs> <laughs> so think about, so if LeBron, okay, so we play Lakers, Clippers, playoff series. What is LeBron playing per game? 42 minutes? Yeah. At least? Yeah. 42? Yeah. So do the math really quick. Bing, bing, bing. So 14 minutes of that game, Kawhi's guarding him. 14 minutes of that game, Paul George is guarding him. 14 minutes of that game, Marcus Morris is guarding him. Does that equal 42? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's that's another rough. thing that's frustrating about that is that yeah. that's only going to leave Kawhi and Paul George with more energy on offense because everyone knows if you play yeah. basketball, if you have to guard the other person's best player, it's exhausting. Oh, it's so hard. Right? Yeah. And it affects how you play on offense completely. But if you get to take, if you get to take a couple possessions off and you're like, oh, you get to go try to guard LeBron, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna it's affects them in so many different ways. Yep. Um, that is the unbiased Lakers opinion. Um, the biased Lakers opinion is I hope LeBron eats Marcus Morris up as soon as they switch because I think out of those three defenders, Marcus Morris is the. I think out of those three defenders, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, you can't argue Marcus Morris is not the the worst defender out of those three. Right. Yeah. So the fact I'll I'll take more possessions with Marcus Morris on him than I would with Kawhi and Paul George, even though he might be more fresh and it might keep the mother too fresh. That's the biased opinion. You know what I'm saying? But. It's fine. We'll we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, great. We're just first in the West. All right. It's been a tough six seasons. So. First seed. Hey, number one. Uh, all right. Let's, we got to move on. Like, I don't we know why Drummond. we talked about that for so long. So yeah, Drummond. Uh, we saved the worst for last. Last, but certainly the least. The dumbest trade of all time. So, uh, did any of us go to UConn? No. Any of us fans of Detroit? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh wait, Detroit to NBA for that sounds like an XFL team, the Detroit Pistons. So <laughs> the, 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 yeah, for real. Like we should all just chug our beers. So 
Okay. You're so mad too. No one's mad leaving wait, wait, the Detroit Pistons, but you're only mad when you go to Cleveland yeah, Cavaliers. <laughs> wait, I gotta read the trade, bro. I don't I'm even know what it is because I don't even care. Okay, so so sense. Drummond gets traded from the Pistons to oh the worst team in the league, the Cavs. Uh, and wait, who do the the Cavs send the Pistons? Brandon Knight. That Brandon Knight, who Kyrie made fall on his face in the Rising Stars game a few yeah, years ago. Jordan, who, and then John Henson, who, yes, is still in the league. Who? John Henson? He's like that athletic John power Henson. forward. He got drafted by the Bucks, Black and for whatever reason, just Black label John Henson. Yeah. He's still getting paid, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, he's getting paid. He, yeah, he's a good he, locker room guy. He's making a decent amount to make that trade. I'm going to look it up um, in a sec. And then they, the Pistons also received a second round pick. Yeah, not in a first round pick. Not a first round pick. A second round pick. Twenty twenty three as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, that's like Dude. maybe that's the Cavs are going to suck still. The draft classes though, so maybe that's yeah. a good draft. I mean, yeah. did they really shop around though, to every no, team? Like, 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 no, I, oh, I think wait, they did. Wait here, let me wait. All right, this is what I want to do. All right, I want to do a speed round right here. We're gonna go normal clockwise, just so just to switch it up. So. I'm saying you're a GM, okay? You have Andre Drummond. What are you like realistically expecting to get in return for trading him? I mean, like after seeing Capella like bring in like a first rounder, I'm expecting at least like one first rounder, and I'll, I'll take any like expiring contract. I'll take a body. I'll take a body. I just need a first rounder at least. Like you can't like walk yeah. away with no like future asset in that deal. Like you got to get one prospect. One process. Yeah, 100%. I think you have to have a first rounder in that trade. Even if it's a late first, you're still getting a first yeah. round. The fact that they got they got John Henson, Brandon, are those both two expiring contracts? They yeah. have to be both expiring. Wait, they are, and also think about... Okay, like, so they get oh, away wait, from the Andre Drummond. A Cavs second round pick is, that's a first round pick. That's like the 34th pick. Yeah. That's a but, first rounder. That's a late yeah, second. Yeah, it, it sec, That's a late second okay, okay, so the only, I guess this is a complete salary dump of a, of, of a trade, right? So I guess right. the good thing in this is even though they, I know they didn't get anything really for them, I thought it was a good idea to trade Andre Drummond. Yeah. I don't know if what they got for him, even though they got an expiring contract, because this will give them more flexibility moving forward. They still have the terrible Blake Griffin contract, but at least they get out of the Andre Drummond. So imagine being stuck in a small ball league with two of max contract players at your center and power forward who can't really play well together. So they had to do something here. I just feel like they could have got more value for Andre Drummond. I feel like they could have got at least what what the Grizzlies got for Andre Iguodala, like on like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, Andre Drummond is a think so. Iguodala's a 37 year old player coming off of yeah. like, dude's 26 and yeah, like, the not even hit his prime. Exactly. Dude. I also just think like yeah. that's so crazy to me. The Cavs, probably like last year even you probably could have got way more value for Drummond. You know, it's like you're gonna wait till now. I was just amazed at the trade. I just, I, you know what? I, I said this before. Is like I was literally looking at it and Woj like tweeted out the thing. And I was refreshing it because I thought he was going to add more details to the trade because he does that, right? So he'll announce like, oh, Baba is going to the Cavaliers. And then he'll up, he'll comment on it be like, Baba was getting a first uh, and two players, blah, blah, and they'll say it. So I thought he was going to add to it and he never added to it and he just kept it at night and, yeah. and uh, Henson in a second. So and, it's pretty shocking. And my thing is like, what does cap space even mean for Detroit? Who's fucking going to right. Detroit? Yeah, exactly. Who's gonna dude. Like, them, oh, are they going to fucking, there's no one available next year even, dude. Yeah, yeah like, so, so this cap space doesn't really mean much. Man. If I were them, like, you know, Andre Drummond seemed loyal to Detroit. I would at least like re-sign yeah. him and then, you know, a team who would potentially come in for Andre Drummond at least have that like security. Like, exactly. No, he just signed last year. No, Max. Felt- He's on a Max contract. That's what I'm saying. Wait, who is? Drummond. Wait, I thought he was in the final year. No, he, had, wait, wait, he, had, just, he has a player option for this year at like twenty nine mil. Because I thought that was the biggest scare was no. like the fact that he might not resign right. with the team that traded. For or wait, the biggest resign. scare for the Pistons was that he would pick up his option because it was twenty nine mil. So did he have a he has a player option player option for this so year. What did he just what did he actually sign though? So he signed like a two year deal or something because I thought he signed recently. Oh no, it's. It's I'm just convinced that they could have done better. Yeah, it's like, there's, for sure. There's got to be a scenario where like something works out. Like here, Daniel. So this is so the drumming contract. No, what do you, right, guys, right, he he re-signed the Pistons in 2016 for a five-year, 127 million. Yeah, max. So yeah, okay, the five years of and then the player option. So he's so a fourth, so the fifth year is a player option. Yeah, so he's like a unrestricted free agent. Yeah, yeah, I think would be the term. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah, um, and it's a player option for restricted 20. Free agent. Because it, it's his option. Oh, it's yeah. his option. So, well, I guess so right here. So for this year, if he, so it's like, imagine this. So imagine we walk into work one day, like you know, tomorrow, and we're like, oh, oh, we have a meeting with the CEO. Like, 
over about our, our uh, salary for next year. So they say, all right, uh, do you want to make, do you want to pick up your salary for $29 million next year? Or do you want to test the open market? And you're about to sit here and be like, hmm, let me say no to 29 mil and like go try and make more than that. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like my biggest thing is like, you're Detroit, like you're already locked into Blake Griffin. You're paying Reggie Jackson all this money, like, like what? What do you have to lose? Exactly. I mean, like I, I don't know. Like now they're just gonna put out an even more inferior product. Right, you're fans, just gonna be a so. terrible team this year. But that's Detroit, and like, Is so it, I guess yeah. it's a bigger question because the like the players in this deal don't matter. Like Drummond doesn't matter. Brandon Knight, he's funny to watch on highlights and laugh at him. Like, and then John Henson, again, no one knows yeah. who he is. So like, do these small market teams? Like, do you feel bad for them? Or is that just, like, the nature of just business in general? Like, I think there's going to the, be good teams, there's going to be bad I just think teams. it's the new nature of the NBA. I mean, you see it just, like, I've never seen so many fucking star players just getting traded like that. Yeah. Like, teams just don't want to pay the money to these guys anymore. They just don't think it's worth it. Because it's just such a, better, such a better value for them to draft someone that's a quality player and be paying him, like, one or two million dollars. So I think it's just the reality of the NBA right now. Yeah, and I mean, Andre Drummond, I guess truly just wasn't needed you know by a contender i mean let's let's all be honest like he's playing on the detroit pistons he's grabbing like 15 boards a game or something like cool he's getting like 17 points cool like any center probably could do that who's like you know decent minutes up and shit yeah and yeah for that 29 million i i guess he just wasn't worth that but i mean it's still that at the end of the day like to walk away with only a second round draft pick yeah kind of goes to what van gundy we were talking about this earlier it's just like at the end of the day, like in the NBA, you're supposed to try to win games. Mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna be a lot better of a because he's a coach and a GM, right? He didn't get, he didn't get power over the whole team. That was like his whole yeah, thing. Gundy? Yeah, so he's like he's making all the moves too, and it's like, dude, he's made some bad moves. Yeah. Like, and I just thought he was a lot. I thought he was gonna turn was, that team around. I actually was talking about uh, his brother. I wasn't. Even, I totally forgot. Oh, that the his, analyst. His one? other brother was the coach. No, his other brother's the coach. I know, I know, yeah, I totally yeah. Forgot. <laughs> no, not the coach anymore. No, I was saying, is he still the? No, no, the GM? it's um, it's fucking Dwayne Casey. Yeah, is he the GM? Oh, he's Dwayne been Casey? the coach. No, no, he's Dwayne the Casey's been the coach he's there for the two GM. years. Oh, okay. I'm chipping. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been the coach there for like two yeah, years. But he still is not still the GM. I hope not. To be honest, I don't know. Did they relieve him of all his duties? Yeah, I. I really hope so. I was talking like two years ago. I could have swore he was. That's like honestly, he is like the 99 cent version Andy Reid, like. He modeled his whole style after Andy Reid. Because that's yeah. what I mean. Dwight, Dwight, Dwight. That's what I remember. Dwight. He got to a, he got to a finals with Dwight, and like that didn't work out. Got fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So I just don't think it's just the Pistons. Know, they got to like, put their bet on like Luke Kennard and whoever else yeah. they have there. But, but see, that's my the boy D Rose is stuck there. Like I'm pissed. So I gotta watch them play. Oh, we're we're close to getting to the Bulls here because. I mean, but for, like, a team like the Pistons, like, kind of what you're saying is, like, the only fucking hope for them at this point is they get a high draft pick and exactly. draft a superstar, you yeah, know, and that's all Yeah, I'm tripping, man. Van Gundy hasn't been there for, like, two years. But in my head, I was thinking he was doing all these moves. I was like, dude, that's, that's a terrible move. That's but it makes sense because <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because why would you think about the Pistons? Like, there's, I don't. I, yeah. don't I never watch them play, and I don't really want to. So it's oh, like I don't remember seeing who their head bro. coach was. So, okay, that, that was a team. But where, I, I probably should have known that, right? I probably should have known I mean, they have that one guy, hmm. Seku Demboya, who looks okay. Like, but, I mean, that's see. who they're thinking about. Like, that's their future. That's is Demboya and Canard. Uh, yeah, exactly. They were even talk- They were in trade talks to trade him, too. They were thinking about uh, that's, using the trade rumors. Yeah. Yeah, he was. That's how um, sad it is. Yeah, I know. Reggie Jackson's still there getting paid all that money. Well, he's, yeah, know, potential man. in the buyout. <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah, Which, the Bulls fan, like, I even feel bad for them. <laughs> Because at least, like, they had, I mean, they did make the playoffs last year, right? Didn't the Pistons make Blake did Griffin, they? like, had a crazy season. Though. He made the so All-Star team, fun. yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe Blake would come back 100%, like, be a superstar. No, but Blake's, the, like, the, everyone knew that Blake's whole career, are, I know he started shooting threes and maybe his percentages have gone up, but a big part of his game is obviously athleticism. So, yeah. with the older you get with the more injuries, he's only getting less and less athletic. Well, he oh. looks really slow out there. Now, it's like, too. yeah, significantly. Like, you, you, yeah. Can see it. you can yeah, see exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And that's obvious. why he's settling. He's settling for a lot more jumpers and stuff. So I think over the years, he's really going to uh, completely under underperform his contract. Or I don't, yeah. like, At this point, it's like he needs like one full season of rest to have one productive year. Which is, one that's like, that's not, yeah. Because yeah. Kawhi is not, like, people will try and say, like, well, Kawhi sits out games. Like, okay. Kawhi's won multiple rings. But I think he, I think Blake is more focused on his comedy career. That's what it seems like, dude. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, he's like he's a good stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. Like, I know. Yeah, like. He's all right. 
for, for an athlete. I like, well, I'm say if he wasn't famous, he probably wouldn't be getting the gigs that he's getting. But hey, he's he's solid. Like yeah. Well, we all chase dreams. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that was all the trades, right? Like the big trades. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ball Till You Fall podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, download, all the above. Uh, we're Honestly, we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above, but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and you know downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes. So be a nice person today. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, the world needs more nice people out there. So just search Ball Till You Fall podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there. Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.